Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint and your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. We have debate preview time. Yes, I understand my voice sounds poor. You're going to have to deal with it all night. And whoa, maybe the biggest political scandal of our time. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right.
Before we get to the actual debate from Karl Rove and Kudlow and what Trump should do and shouldn't do and what I think he will do, let's address the elephant in the room, my voice. I know you think I'm superhuman, basically some kind of demigod. I get that. And I understand my voice normally sounds like something between Barry White and Honey from the Bees. But today it's a little off and you're just going to have to deal with that because the powers that be have deemed it that I be sick for the day. However, we have something big happening here. And I'll be totally honest with you. When this Hunter Biden email stuff came out, I've talked about it. I haven't hammered it too much because I didn't view it initially as anything that was actually going to go anywhere. It obviously looks not great for Hunter Biden personally, but as you know, you watch the show, I don't really dig into that. Everybody has dumb, horrible things they've done, and some people, clearly Hunter Biden is one of them, have made a lifetime out of doing dumb, horrible things. Okay? It sucks. I'm not encouraging it. Kids, don't do that, but people do it. I don't view it as changing anything politically. And frankly, I don't view Hunter Biden's personal foibles as having any effect on my life whatsoever. But this thing's getting worse. And it's getting worse and getting worse. And let this be a lesson to you for the future because this happens every single time there's a scandal out there. And it is every single time whether it be against Republicans, whether it be against Democrats. This is how the scandal goes. Initially, it's released. And every side, especially on social media, will be screaming about it. And it's the worst thing ever, and this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible. The test of a true political scandal is actually how long it lasts. If it's not that valid, I don't care how loud they're screaming at first. If it's not that valid... It'll go in a day or two. People will start to try to verify things you can't verify. They'll dig into it a little more and you see, ah, oh, he really probably had probably made too much of that. Ooh, well, we, we made too much of that. Oh, they're making way too much of that. You know what I'm talking about. As more and more light gets shed on it, it doesn't look that bad. And we all just kind of forget about it and we move on. That's politics. That's the game. But there are some political scandals the more and more and more you look into them, the worse and worse and worse it looks. And this thing with Hunter Biden looks really, really bad. I'm going to read you a couple specifics here in a minute. Don't let your eyes glaze over. You know, I don't bore you on the show, but there are some things you have to hear. And I will tell you this, because of what I do for a living, I have friends in certain places in government and close to the government. I will tell you, the things I'm about to read you today are not as bad as it's going to get. They are combing through these hard drives of Hunter Biden still, and it's not good. What I'm about to read you ain't the worst of it, so consider that. Now, I want to give you some context. This is from my good friend. He's an investigative editor, Peter Hassan. He has this published on his social media page. I'm not going to read the entire email. I'm just going to read you the final ending part. And you should know this email is between a James Giller. He is somebody who worked with the Bidens. And this Tony Poliznowski or something like that. I don't know. It sounds Polish, so therefore I can't pronounce it. But he is the business partner of Hunter Biden. 
who came out yesterday and said all these emails are not only real, I have more emails that make it look worse. So this is from James to Tony. We have a copy of the exact thing with Hunter Biden CC'd on it. So it's not like he didn't know. And it's a long email. It outlines payments and what we expect here and there. And then there's the end of it. At the moment, here is the provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed as follows. 20 for H, that's Hunter Biden, 20 for RW, 20 for JG, that's James Giller, 20 for TB, that's Tony Bulaznuski or whatever his name is, that's 10 for Jim, and 10 held by H for the big guy with a question mark after big guy. And everybody, you and I, when we heard about that, we assumed that was Hunter Biden, or that was Joe Biden. Big guy meant Joe Biden, but we didn't know. I mean, you could probably assume it. Tony comes out today and he confirms, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the big guy. And then it got worse. James and Tony, I believe it was Tony, started releasing actual text message exchanges. This is between James and Tony, released today. We're looking at the screenshots of them. Quote, I don't, quote, don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face to face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. He responds, okay, they should be paranoid about things. The other guy responds, for real. And then this goes from James to Tony. You need to stress to H, we know that's Hunter, does he want to be the reason or factor that blows up his dad's campaign? Things need to be done right and protective of that fact. I pinged H and just said I saw he called last night. When does he want to connect? Meaning taking the position with director and chairman. And there is actually more than I just read you on the show already available with more to come. To lay that out for you very succinctly, Hunter Biden had some really ugly deals with some really ugly people and part of that deal was dad gets a cut. Yes, I know that sounds just like every mafia movie you've ever watched in your life, but there's not really another way to look at this. Joe Biden as vice president got, him, got his son some really, really lucrative things and his son as part of that obligation had to kick up some cash for dad and the media is still doing the best they can to keep a lid on it and they're not being very successful. NPR actually put out a statement today. We don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories and we don't want to waste the listeners and readers time on stories that are just pure distractions. That actually happened. The TV networks, the radio networks, social media, big tech, they are still trying to censor this thing and now they can't anymore. They've completely lost control of it. And Joe Biden hasn't denied a single word. Hunter Biden hasn't denied a single word. And now here we are, almost presidential debate time and Joe Biden has been in hiding for five days. The second this comes out, Joe Biden calls a lid on his campaign and won't show his face in public for five 
days, this is about to be a real ugly night for Joe Biden. Donald Trump, whatever you want to say about him, good, bad, or otherwise, he is not a man who is going to hold back on something like this. I don't care what the moderator tries to do. I don't care what Joe Biden tries to do. Donald Trump is going to give this to Joe Biden both barrels repeatedly tonight, and he should. And don't you dare listen to anybody, pundit or politician on the right, who says this stuff is out of bounds. If Joe Biden personally enriched himself for eight years as vice president of the United States, basically using his son as a slush fund for commie cash, that is the very definition of a big deal. And the American people deserve to know it before Joe Biden is possibly elected president of the United States of America. In fact, let me help you out because life is all about pruning your tree. As you get older, you prune the trees of your interests. You realize there's only so much time in the day. You prune the trees of your friends. You don't acquire more. You generally cut, a, cut one out here, cut one out there. For instance, I don't do high maintenance people. The second I sniff high maintenance, psh, gone. We don't talk anymore. That's just how I live my life. You also need to prune your pundit tree. That can be painful sometimes. You have certain people you watch and listen to and read every day, trying to get boned up on the news, get a perspective here, get a perspective from there. Anybody you watch, listen to, or read who tells you Donald Trump shouldn't talk about this, should get the snips from you off your prune tree today. That is a born loser who will always be a loser, and I have to tell you something, wants to be a loser. We have too much of that. I told you the other night about the Republican mentality of being a loser if you don't think Donald Trump should bring this up, it's because you're used to being a loser and want to stay that way. I've known people like that my whole life. Of course, Carl Rove has this to say. We know about Hunter Biden. I just don't think that in the last 13 days it's as effective to talk about, about this than it is to talk about how Joe Biden is going to raise your taxes, diminish your savings, slow down the economy, uh, attack our energy independence, raise your utility bill, all the stuff that Trump could spend the time uh, between now and the election talking about. His best part of his speech last night, I thought, was not the attack on Biden. I thought the best part of it was saying, who are you going to believe about fracking? Joe Biden, what he's saying today, or what Joe Biden has been saying, let's go to the videotape. And up pops on a gigantic screen the videos of Biden saying, oh, in the last year and a half, I'm going to end fracking, which is very important to Western Pennsylvania. So economy, I think that matters a lot more than what's going on with Hunter Biden and yet another scandal involving influence peddling on his father's name. It matters more? Taxes? What, what is this Republican obsession with taxes? And believe me, I want low taxes more than you do, or as much as you do, I should say. I hate taxes. I think it's outright theft. But what is it? Why is this all we think we can talk about on our side? Why is this all we're comfortable talking about? If Joe Biden is about to be leader of the free world and he's corrupt, and he has used his position as vice president of the United States to personally enrich himself, there is no bigger deal, period. If he'll do that as vice president, 
What's he going to do as president? That is the definition of a big deal. Larry Kudlow had this to say. Well, I think the president's going to have a commanding presence, and I think he's going to lay out the case that uh, Mr. Biden's tax hikes uh, will decimate the economy, and I think he'll make the case for his own tax and regulatory reductions, which gave us a strong prosperity cycle. Incidentally, talk about middle class, middle income, median income families gained $6,500 over the first three years before the China pandemic. That is five times what the Obama-Biden team uh, got over eight years. So that's just one example. If you roll back President Trump's tax uh, cuts, they're going to lose the $6,500. The middle class will get wiped out of those family income gains. This according to the Hoover Institute at Stanford University. We will lose 5 million jobs, according to that report, and we will lose $2.6 trillion of GDP, nearly 10% of the economy. So I think that's where President Trump is going to go, and I think it's a very powerful case. It is powerful, but... Let me tell you something, and I do numbers and figures. I like charts and graphs. Maybe it's because I'm sick, but my eyes glazed over there. It's not that that was bad information. It wasn't. It's good information. 10% of GDP and 5 million, blah, 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 you've already lost me. These personal stories of corruption, they're spicy. People watch them. People are interested. Remember, interesting is underrated. And I agree with what Hogan Gidley said. Donald Trump probably not going to go after Hunter too much. I wouldn't go after Hunter too much. But after Joe Biden for all this? Oh, you bet. The president isn't talking about Hunter Biden. What he's talking about is Joe Biden. And what these emails now reveal is that Joe Biden is flat out corrupt. This is one of the big problems with Hillary Clinton back in 2016. The American people knew about Clinton cash. Hmm. They knew. But what did they do? I mean, should I read the emails to you again? And on the subject here, the Federal Bureau of Investigation has had Hunter Biden's laptop since 2019. Should I read these again? Because I'm reading through them right now. What was the FBI planning on doing with these before Rudy Giuliani released them to the New York Post? Do you want me to read them again? No, I'm not going to do that to you. Terrible. Joe Biden issued his standard blanket statement of not really saying anything at all. Senator Ron Johnson put out a statement on Homeland Security letterhead saying Hunter Biden, together with other Biden family members, profited off the Biden name. Is there any legitimacy to Senator Johnson's claims? None whatsoever. This is the same garbage Rudy Giuliani, Trump's henchman, it's the last-ditch effort in this desperate campaign to smear me and my family. Even the man who served with him on that committee, the former nominee for the Republican Party, said there's no basis to this. And, you know, and, all, and the vast majority of the intelligence people have come out and said there's no basis at all. Ron should be ashamed of himself. No basis. The director of national intelligence already said, oh, these are 100% valid. That's the intelligence community. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, I may be sick, but I still slept like a baby. 
because I have my ebb sleep. Even when I'm sick, I lay down at night, and it's not a roll of the dice anymore. Am I going to sleep? Am I not going to sleep? How am I feeling? Was it a big day today? Do I have a big day tomorrow? No. Ebb sleep gives me eight solid hours of sleep every single night. I lay down. I put it on. It calms down those racing thoughts, and I'm out all night long. Ebb sleep is the reason I'm sitting in this chair talking to you today. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryeb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse. Get 25 bucks off. We'll be back. The court packing question has been a question that's been nagging at the Joe Biden campaign, well, since he was first asked it and wouldn't answer. And he still hasn't answered. Donald Trump doesn't seem to be letting it go, and he seems to be breaking down Biden's defenses on it. But the first thing Washington Democrats will do if Biden gets elected is pack the Supreme Court with radical left judges who will eliminate your Second Amendment and many other things. Life, life. Look at the things they have to rule on. They will pack it. They'll decide which businesses can exist and which will be outlawed. They will decide which rights you can keep and which are going to be revoked. They will re-educate your children, which they tried and we stopped, but they will do it. Now, it's, uh, it's great. It's a great place. If you want your children to grow up in a free nation where they can speak their minds and practice their religion and live by their values, then you must defeat sleepy Joe Biden and the radical left. Uh, sleepy Joe Biden is just, it's never going to stop getting me. I wondered if he could have gone sloppy Joe, though, the double, whatever. But the court packing thing. Donald Trump brings it up. Joe Biden has not been answering it. Now Joe Biden's out there in the news talking about creating a commission to study the court system. I'm starting to get nervous that Joe Biden actually does want to pack the courts and he's just not telling you or I about it. I'm starting to get real nervous. And since it's campaign season, we all knew he was going to rear his ugly head at some point in time. The most divisive president of my lifetime has stepped up to say Donald Trump shouldn't be so divisive. We're not going to have a president that goes out of his way to insult anybody who doesn't support him. Or, or, or threaten them with jail. That's not normal presidential behavior. We wouldn't tolerate it from a high school principal. We wouldn't tolerate it from a, a coach. We wouldn't tolerate it from a coworker. We, we wouldn't tolerate it in our own family, except for maybe crazy uncle somewhere, you know. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, I mean, we, why would we expect and ex accept this from the President of the United States. And how, why are folks making excuses for that? Oh, well, that's just, that's just him. No, it's, no. Barack Obama threw people in jail. Barack Obama's Department of Justice, and this is still being litigated, spied on Cheryl Atkinson, a journalist who was doing some hard coverage of him. Barack Obama's head of the IRS, Lois Lerner, 
targeted Tea Party groups. Barack Obama was constantly out there blasting people in the Tea Party, calling them teabaggers, mocking anybody who watched any conservative news channels. Barack Obama routinely divided this country, blasted away at people who hated him. Barack Obama is, frankly, terrible. The, the guy's absolutely terrible. Trump, you knew he was going to give it to Obama. I love when he does that. You know, did you hear the new one? They came up to me, sir, I have bad news. What? <laughs> President Obama's going to start campaigning for Sleepy Joe. I said, is that good or bad news? Because don't forget, he campaigned for Hillary harder than Hillary did, right? He said, he will not get the nomination. I got the nomination. He actually said, he will not run. I ran. He will not get the nomination. Got the nomination. He will not be your president and became the president. I love when Trump gets salty like that. All right. Home title theft is a big, big problem. And here's the problem with it. You don't know when it happens. And it's so easy for these cyber thieves. They did it to me in under 10 minutes. And I saw it. I saw, I'm looking at my home title, and it has my signature and my wife's signature on it. It can happen to you. And the only thing that can stop it from happening to you is home title lock. That is the only thing. Once they get you, you're in for a long, hard road. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up. While you're there, use the code RADIO. That gets you 30 days of free protection. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Joining me now, my friend, host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Drew, there are people who say Donald Trump should not touch this Hunter Biden, Joe Biden email stuff tonight. There are people like me that say that is absolutely insane. It is a major, major, major deal, and he has to touch it tonight. What say Drew? I, I think that there, I, I lean more towards you. I think that there, I, I get the wisdom or, or supposed wisdom that some people are saying, hey, you know, go this direction, let him let him kind of hang himself on certain issues. Don't push too hard there. Focus on the, the issues that people supposedly care about. But people care about this because no one is, is allowed to talk about it with the bans out there on social media, the mainstream media being complicit and not talking about it. It has to come to light. So I think if he can bring it up and I think the whole tone for him throughout the night needs to be kind of on par with how he handled Savantha Guthrie the other last week, I guess it was, because she was awful. He's going to be it's going to be three on one tonight. It's going to be him versus Biden, Welker and the mute button. So he's he's got to be tough, but he can be tough, get his points in. But also I thought he was he was very classy, gathered in how he handled Guthrie. He got his points across, but he also didn't like go off the deep end. And I think if he can do that tonight and really push on that, he's going to have to push harder on that issue because, of course, Joe's just going to say it's a smear campaign, which is funny because I don't think he understands what a smear campaign is. That would imply it's fake. There's actually evidence there showing that it's that it's something that people need to, to know about and discuss. And we're 12 days out from the election. So I think he needs to go there. I think he just needs to not go quite as far as he did last time, but still get the message across. 
Drew, do people care about the Hunter Biden angle? of? Because I, obviously I don't. I, I think the Joe Biden angle is the angle he should hammer on it. But I, look, I've had people, friends of mine, tell me the Hunter Biden angle, you don't have to get personal. You don't have to judge the guy who's clearly just the screw up. But it does reflect poorly on Joe if his son is a disaster and Joe is dragging him all over the world, getting him important jobs, that that part does matter. Does it matter? I, I think it does and it doesn't. I think that you're that you're right. That the main emphasis is this. This is a guy that we're voting in to be. He's up for. We're not going to vote him in to be hopefully, but he's up for president of the United States, leader of the free world in 12 days here. People know nothing about some of his most significant stances. He won't talk about it. He's you know even with the court packing. Oh, Joe Biden's given an answer. Now, no, he said he's going to develop a commission to study it. Like that's not an answer. Like the guy won't give us anything on any of his key positions and then he won't speak up on this which is a massive issue and really plays into you know his character you know him abusing his title his role all of that and then obviously yeah he's he's look joe biden's proven throughout his career which is which has been atrocious yes he's been around for 47 years but but he's done it to benefit himself the, the country's never benefited from this i mean name name something positive he's done in 47 years and, and you're going to struggle to do so. So I think that it's very much about that. It's about the, the company he keeps, how he raises his children. I mean, Hunter is a disaster. And some of that is just on him. But but it does. I mean, parents are parents. And you can't control everything. But his involvement and not saying anything and him putting himself and his job ahead of I mean, at some point, it should be like, all right, I got to stop and step away. You see actors do this. You see athletes do this. You see I, I did it with my old job. I was gone overseas six to nine months a year it's like you know what i've gotta i've gotta spend some time with my family and when your son's a cokehead and a disaster like hunter biden like it's it's probably time to stop and try and help him out and and we we just haven't seen that so i think that he is the bigger issue because at the end of the day you know we're not voting hunter biden in but but joe's silence on all of this is has been deafening I don't want to, I would, and I would never judge a, a man, a father's love for his son. I don't know that there's anything out there saying Joe Biden's a, a, an unloving father. But I do have to ask the question, as uncomfortable as it may be, because you are a family man. I have sons too. Why run for president of the United States when you know it's going to lay your son's life, indiscretions, whatever you want to put it, it's going to expose them more than they ever would have been exposed before. I just, I've, been, I've been racking my brains about this for a couple days now. If you're Joe Biden and you could have retired, you have your millions now, thank you, China, and everything else, why do this to your son, let alone to yourself? Why do this? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I don't know. I, look, I wouldn't do it. And, and I've got a, a what I would say a pretty damn squeaky clean background. So when you've got this, you've got all these skeletons in the closet that you know are there. It, it really does say something about you, that you're willing to let all this out on the table. Your son's going to get drugged through the mud. Your family's going to get drugged through the mud. Your past is going to get drugged through the mud. And he, I mean, deep down, let's be honest, deep down, he knows that he has not done much to help this country. He's, he's circumnavigated the system. He's done a heck of a job at that and making it work for him and, and, and those close to him that are around, that are you know in the vicinity of Joe Biden. But 
Yeah, I, I see that too. I, I don't understand. It just shows that he wants power. He wants money. He wants influence. He wants all those things that come along with that position. And the DNC wants him because they know that they can manipulate him and kind of push him down a different path than even he's willing and wanting to go. But he wants that other piece. He wants that power enough that he's that he's willing to forego all of that other stuff, forego his own principles and forego, you know, dealing with the, the garbage that comes along with this for, for Hunter and the rest of his family. And, and and that's who he is. I, I, I really don't think there's been a worse candidate in a long, long time. Now, hold on, hold on. Let's not be prisoners of the moment here. You're telling me Joe Biden is a worse candidate than Hillary Clinton was? I think so. And here's why. I think Hillary's awful. Hillary should be in jail. Like, if I had done what Hillary had done back in 2016, I'd be in jail. But at least Hillary will say what she stands for now she's awful she's a horrible person like belongs on in a gulag that doesn't have ice cream like no one should ever have to live somewhere without ice cream but she belongs there but this is this is she at least people knew who she was she could speak you know like there was there was there was things about her that joe doesn't have I me mean, joe is just a train wreck He's a train wreck. So uh, they're they're close, and there's others that are close to them as well. I mean, the Democrats have got to try. They're, they're very consistent about putting criminals up. That, that I mean, they're 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 good at that, and they typically do put bad people forth as their candidate. But but these ones are, this is a whole new level with Joe. I mean, he just really, I, I don't, and it shows further that look, people aren't voting in 12 days, or for the people who've already voted, they're not voting for Trump versus Biden. A lot of people are voting for Trump, but but the Democrats are, hey. Look, this guy's awful, but let's put him up there. Maybe Cam Cam can can succeed him at certain point. We can start to go down this path. They're voting on anti-Trump. It's it's Trump in America versus anti-Trump. It's not versus Joe Biden. Does Barack Obama help him? I I know. Look, I know you probably hate Obama. I I, I personally despise Barack Obama, and I mean despise. However, he was popular. He hasn't generally been helpful to people he's campaigned for. But does Obama popping his head up at this point? I saw he spoke in Philadelphia. Does that help? I don't think it hurts. I mean, look, I mean, the, uh, conservatives dislike him, you know, as someone who served under him. Like, I think he's a disaster. I think he's apologetic for how awesome America is. He's ashamed of America. Never really understood what America was. But he is. He's charismatic. He's he's he he can rev up a crowd. He's 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 someone that the left rallies to. I mean, they love that family for whatever reason. I don't understand why, but they do. And I think that you know it didn't help Hillary at the end. It was it was a similar time that he was he was doing the same thing for Hillary. You know, obviously we know how that went. And I, I don't I don't think it pushes him way past a hump. I don't think it hurts him either. I mean, being in he's in Florida. I think today or later this week. Um, so uh, it's definitely not something that takes away from him, but I don't know that it's enough to really push him forward too, because if you, again, you see what you get with Joe and, and I, I don't, I really don't even think the Democrats are excited about him or stand behind him. They just don't like Trump and they don't have anyone else. And they don't have Kamala Harris. He, it's not like he can just focus on Kamala Harris cause she's awful. She, yeah, she's awful. She's the most radically left Senator there. What I mean, She's got, I mean, and, and she's performed awful. I mean, she got crushed in the primaries. Like, there's nothing else to lean on. And we've talked about it before. Like, you go Tulsi Gabbard, and, and maybe there's a conversation to be had there, and, and some of those independent voters look at this a little bit differently, or the, the left of center voters aren't aren't scared by this radical left push. But, but they're scared of her because she's 
somewhat reasonable and rational, you know, for a Democrat. And 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 they've chosen they, they they've anchored their boat to these other two people, and it's remarkable and sad for the state of our country that we're in. Drew Burkus, thank you, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. You need gold. You have to have a gold IRA. It just has to be part of your portfolio. Go to Gold Alliance today and get a gold IRA in case the worst happens. Goldalliance.com slash Jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash Jesse. We'll be back. Joining me now is Amanda Mackey, a Republican strategist and attorney. Amanda, Donald Trump, everybody has an opinion tonight about what he should do, what he shouldn't do in the debate. I have my own opinions on it, but I want to hear from somebody different. What do you think he should do specifically when it comes to the emails right now? We all know the email scandal. Obviously, it's, everyone knows it by now. Well, how should he handle it? You know, I think that um, definitely, you know, being a little bit understanding of um, of the situation, it's important to not talk over as much as he did. There was certainly a lot of talking over, talking over, and I think that really um, was uh, it wasn't it wasn't good. Um, you know, but I think that 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 part also does play well with people who um, typically find someone who takes authority and, you know, moves forward with that a good thing. So I think really what it does is it, you know, pits some people to say, I don't really appreciate his brash style, but then there are those that really appreciate his brash style and appreciate him being really aggressive about something. I think the problem with the emails really is that it's kind of confusing, quite frankly. It just it, it, you know, and, and uh, you know, former Governor uh, Huckabee said this. He said, you know, it, it's just kind of a complex issue that not a lot of people understand. When I worked in the Senate, I would always say, you know, just talk about things that people can talk about at their kitchen tables and you'll win. When people can really uh, regurgitate the issue well, then you have a winning issue, something that people will bring will either bring you to, to your side or turn away people from the from your opponent. But when it's complex and convoluted, it just makes it more difficult. What are those issues now, the kitchen table issues, as you call them? Is it, I mean, I, I hear this from Republicans all the time. And, and like I, I, I've said on the show, I love low taxes as much as the next man. But I feel Republicans talk about taxes way too much and not near enough about other things. Or am I wrong? Is it taxes? What is it? You know, I think for the small business owner, certainly taxes, but I think it's so much more than that. I mean, business regulations. President Trump has done an incredible job of, you know, reducing so many business regulations that the Obama administration had ushered in. Really, Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden really did. You know, that was at their helm. And so talking about the the less onerous business regulations that businesses are facing now, I think is important. But look, let's be honest, there's there's definitely a gap here with uh, women voters. And I think to, to clinch those voters, to get them on your side, what's really important right now is really a few things. One, economic stimulus. Um, if you look at how many women have had to exit the workforce versus men. Um, it's about 200,000 men versus 800,000 women. So four times more women have had to exit due to COVID. Uh, 
And so really understanding how important the stimulus is, understanding and having empathy for women having to leave the workforce because their kids aren't in school and what have you, I think that is really important to talk about. I think healthcare is really important to talk about. My background is in healthcare and I worked in the Senate um, during the time when you know Obamacare was going through and really talking about how costs have gone up for American families. But also, obviously, very key, there isn't a single Republican who wants to take away your health insurance that would cover pre-existing conditions. Um, I think that is a really key message. I think President Trump has done a lot. The Democrats have been louder on this issue. But talking about the pre-existing conditions, we lost on health care in 2018. I think it's really important to resurrect that issue, talk about it more, and talk about it in depth in a way that um, you know people can understand just how important this is and that President Trump and not a single Republican wants to take your pre-existing condition, conditions coverage away from you. As far as pre-existing conditions go, and I've heard, I've heard both sides of this argument, and I realize every politician, as you've just laid out, they all say the same thing now. No one wants to take this away. No one wants to take this away. However, I mean, isn't the elephant in the room? That is what's going to drive costs up. If you're going to force insurers to cover people with pre-existing conditions, then they're going to make those that, that money they have to make by people who don't have them, and insurance premiums are going up. I, no one can talk about that. I realize it, but you're the expert. I am not. Is that not the case? You know, I don't necessarily think so. I mean, look, they've taken away a lot of the, the teeth, if you will, that were in the ACA for, you know, penalties. And, you know, I think that by and large, you know, the health care costs, they haven't, you know, they haven't ballooned. I mean, it, it's geographical with health care, right? You know, for certain areas of the country, it's, it's more affordable. For certain areas where there are less providers, the providers have to be paid more to be in network. So their, their coverage is going to be more expensive. Um, Alaska is a great example of that. The rural states, the uh, underserved, medically underserved communities, Maine is another great example. Uh, different than a state like Florida, and so I think that um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really see that happening. Um, you know, of course, everyone's going to say, well, there's going to be a difference in price, but look at what the families, American families and individuals and businesses, are having to having to pay under Obamacare, and I think that um, in and of itself has been has been very onerous. But I think that there are ways that you can do it, and it wouldn't spike the costs out of control. Healthcare, clearly, as you laid out, is something Republicans have failed on. Democrats, it's obvious they think it's a winner for them because they talk about it all the time. They've obviously pulled this issue, even the ACB hearing, which Democrats were only half-heartedly trying to stop it. The one thing they did try to do was hold up the stupid pictures of the families and how they're losing health insurance and so on and so forth. How can a Republican win this argument when the Democrat argument is always going to be, I'm going to give you more than they're going to give you? Well, I'll just turn it around on them and say, yeah, sure, the Democrats want to promise you everything. Nothing is free in life. And we know if we're if they're saying they're going to give you something, it's going to cost you money. And the last thing you want is the government running your health care the way that, you know, the DMV is run, for example. And I think really highlighting how government programs don't always work well. And so you don't want the government involved in your health care. Uh, you know, part of the reason why, you know, Medicare has worked is Medicare is, is a private, you know, people always bring up this issue. Well, Medicare, Medicare, well, yeah, Medicare uses private doctors. It uses private, uh, you know, it uses um, private healthcare professionals. 
And so that is not a closed system um, like the VA is. And in so many parts of the country, you really struggle with the VA. Long queues to get in, um, you know, the, the care that isn't always uh, up to snuff. And so I think it's really important to describe it in that way and let people understand. But we have got to be talking about pre-existing conditions and wanting to lower health care costs. Small businesses are what keep this country going. Um, and, and the majority of people have, you know, a small business or are providing health insurance in their small business. And they're the ones that are facing the highest cost. So talk about it in that context. And I think people will really uh, understand and appreciate that a Republican talk can talk about health care, protecting your access to pre-existing coverage, um, understanding the needs during COVID, a really important time where people, this is fresh on their mind. And also, you know, I should mention talking about how quickly and in such an accelerated path, the president and this administration has put forth, you know, we're on a gliding path to having a vaccine. We're on a gliding path in less than nine months. I mean, you know, I, understanding the drug industry, that's not how drugs typically work. They don't come to market that fast. But I think it just shows the pressure that, you know, a businessman like President Trump has put on the industry to bring something to market. And I think those are the important things that we should not lose sight of uh, that we wouldn't have in a Democrat administration because they believe government does everything better. What's a winner for Trump and a loser for Joe Biden that you think he should bring up tonight? Maybe something he hasn't talked about much before. You know, um, I was born in Iran. My family and I escaped here in 1979, right when the revolution happened. And, you know, for, for Iranians, I think, um, you know, the, the Soleimani, um, you know, getting Soleimani with, you know, very little, you know, very few deaths, um, it, it, you know, more than two people, I believe. I think talking about foreign policy and taking out dictators like Soleimani is something that has just not been talked about enough. You know, that happened January of last year, and, you know, we kind of went into COVID shortly thereafter. And so I don't think that the president has highlighted his record accomplishments and what he's done with the Middle East and Middle Eastern countries and Israel and brokering those relationships. Um, and, and really in taking out a dictator who had American, um, American blood on his hands. And I think those types of things, and of course, uh, Kristen Welker is not bringing those up in the debate, and that's been a source of contention that there are no topics on foreign policy that are going to be discussed tonight. So he should bring that up uh, and, and talk about it and, and talk about how he did that. He took the initiative, and uh, the world is a safer place when one less dictator is alive. Amen. Amanda Mackey, thank you so much, ma'am. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with my final thoughts. Hang on. All right. It's debate night. Let me caution you against something. Don't make it miserable for yourself. Have fun. This is the third and final debate. You don't get another one of these for four years. I know the stakes are high, but this is awesome. We're going to see Trump going after Biden, the moderator going after Trump, Tr Biden going after Trump. It's going to be anarchy. It's going to be crazy because Trump's here. This may, hear me out here, this may be the most interesting presidential debate you've ever watched in your entire lifetime. So don't make it miserable. Pour yourself a glass of water or a glass of wine or whiskey if you're a man and enjoy the debate. 
All right. I'll be here after the debate doing a post-debate recap of everything for you. We will enjoy it together, and then we will recap it together, and you don't have to change the channel. You can watch it right here on the first. I'll see you after it's over. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 